0: Welcome to the Speakeasy, the officially unofficial podcast for Boardwalk Empire on HBO. I'm Jim, and I'm Aaron. And tonight we're covering season five, episode five, called "King of Norway." Uh, this is a pretty good episode. I enjoyed this one a lot. Yeah, the king of Norway
1: rules his <laughs> kingdom with an iron luteafisk. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> I I agreed. It had everything you want on a boardwalk: cool mm-hmm. dialogue. Nice gangster action. All the characters. We got Capone, Chalky. Funny. Like, Eli and Van Alden have become Laurel and Hardy
0: on this joint. They have, and I'm not entirely sure that that's a great thing, but I enjoy it while I'm watching it. I can't argue with the results. I feel like it's
1: not taking away any of the drama It's just organically funny because their situation they're in is funny. Uh, Nelson Van Alden is a funny guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's Nelson Van Alden being the straight man and Eli being the drunk who doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) And that combination works really well. And they both Uh, have like...
1: What I think is really funny is they both have, like, their futures tied up with each other, mm-hmm. and that just seems like such a bad idea on the face of it before yeah. you find out that, oh, Eli's been... Oh, my God. Well, we got a lot to talk... I I got a we lot do. of stuff to talk about. Uh, is
0: there anything we want to talk about before we get into the recap?
1: I do want to give a shout-out to the talent involved in making the episode, writer Steve Kornacki, a veteran of Boardwalk Sopranos, production coordinator in Pleasantville, and Robin Hood Men in Tights. Sure hey yo, Nominated (laughs) four times for Writers Guild Award for Boardwalk Empire, and he won once uh, for the 2011 season. I believe that was season two? Okay. Uh, Also directed by Ed Bianchi, who has a long history that we covered a couple episodes back during What Jesus Said, Mm -hmm. but includes lots of Boardwalk, lots of The Wire, lots of Deadwood, and he was an Emmy nominee for his work on Deadwood, in fact. Cool. So, uh, shall we start... Back in the Silver Age of Nucky.
0: Oh yeah, middle Nucky. I, what do we call him this version of Nucky? Silver Age. You silver got the Nucky? bronze, the silver, okay.
1: and uh Nucky Nucky is golden. Yeah. Golden Era Nucky. Uh he is dealing with an old woman who is talking about all manner of dark doings about under the boardwalk. He's also dealing with a serious overbite. He's dealing with <laughs> a set of chompers that would not quit. Uh let's let's talk a little bit about the not youngest, the Silver Age Nucky Thompson.
0: What did you think? I was thoroughly impressed, thoroughly impressed, both with the look of the guy and his ability to mimic Steve Buscemi. Oh, I, uh, I, I just, to me,
1: it was shocking because Seppenhoe had had um, had built it up quite a bit, and I was fairly you know, looking to be impressed. But when I actually mm-hmm. saw the guy and he did that kind of like half nod and yeah. the
0: eyebrows half up and kind of like the, I don't know how you call that. It's And when he, he brings his chin up and he, he like kind of straightens up when people say something that piques his interest. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Uh, the, the other thing you said, you asked me during the episode if I had a problem with his teeth and, and whether these were real teeth or fake teeth. Yeah. I think they're fake teeth. I don't know how you find a guy with Steve Buscemi's eyes and teeth. That's hard. Here's the thing. It's totally his natural teeth. Uh,
1: there was a whole no. thread. There, I know, man. After, real eyes, real teeth. When, when we went our own way to do our research, uh, one of the things I was looking at, there's a whole Reddit thread mm-hmm. uh, devoted to. To people saying, like, oh, I think the prop department went too far. The FX people. Oh, no. Like, he, he was doing a good Busimi. You don't have to put the massive malformed chompers on him, too.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, poor guy.
1: Uh, <laughs> Shane Bowman on her Facebook page is saying the same thing. But then everyone came to the realization after they looked at the actor's uh, uh, pictures is that mm-hmm. he actually is uh, the Mark Pickering guy. If you if you do a Google search for his images, those things are front and center. Wow. And they're his natural teeth.
0: That's and incredible.
1: I, I feel like he's going to be reading these online reviews, like, fuck you guys, <laughs> man. Yeah. Screw you. You know what I deal with every day <laughs> with these teeth? Growing up looking like Steve Buscemi isn't easy.
0: <laughs> All on right. The, on the other hand, he has a great career just following Steve Buscemi's path. He does. Playing indeed. the young Buscemi.
1: And that's the thing, it's it's not it's not just his looks, like the physicality of his performance and the yeah. mannerisms the
0: speech patterns. Yep. I just could not believe it. Uh, so he's... The, the other thing, though, we went back and you said uh, when you were worried about the the chompers, uh, you were saying, man, I don't know if Steve Buscemi's teeth are that bad. And I mean, I don't think Steve Buscemi has quite the overbite that this guy does, but you go back and you look at his like high school Yeah, when pictures, he's like a senior. Like his yearbook photos. Like we are and right he's now. he's got... Yeah, we've got it up on the screen here. He's got some pretty uh ballsy teeth sure yeah i mean that's <laughs> that look
1: just like this guy's teeth indeed so uh again hats off to him did a, a hell of a good job better than i expected between him and i i, I mm-hmm. believe the uh, other kid's name is nolan uh couldn't ask for better bronze and silver age nucky yeah Anyway, this woman, this old uh, washerwoman or whoever she is, she's called him down there to investigate a corpse. She's going on and on about whether it's misfortune or mayhem. Turns out it's neither. It's just a hog. It's just mm-hmm. a hog that got washed out. And uh, she says that you guys don't know what's really going on down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noises, groaning,
0: all sorts of horrible speaking things. Speaking
1: of groaning and moaning, we go to Al Capone, who is desperately trying to pound out one oh. and he just can't do it he's got he's got constipation for the ages yep the guys outside are joking about i thought the powder is supposed to give you this runs and uh i i i guess that could be true but i wouldn't be surprised if al was also doing a lot of opiates trying sure. to even himself out and that's a classic constipator right
0: I don't know. I've never done opiates. <laughs> <laughs> or that's
1: the reputation. Yeah, you're right. I've not smoked opium nor done heroin either, but uh, that's the, that's I the reputation. I don't know what the
0: reputation of opiates is. Really? I, I have... Honestly, I don't know anybody who has ever done an opiate. See, I've got a standing Vicodin prescription
1: because I have kidney stones. And the less you think I'm abusing it, mm. I've had the same prescription for roughly nine years, and I still have the things routed around in a bottle, but... Uh, that was one of the indications okay. that, like, you might have, uh, some problems if you, if you take a lot of these over several days. I, okay, I
0: guess I have had opiates once, and when I had my wisdom teeth pulled, I took, like, a Vicodin. You fucking drug dealer. What did Nancy Reagan say? I know. I, I did not dare. I did not dare. <laughs> oh, you dared, all right. Uh,
1: so, he gets out, uh, out of, out of the toilet. We see his accountant freaks out over a roach, which is gonna be significant later. Mm-hmm. And he's mulling over what... He, what Nucky said to him on the phone when he dropped a dime on Luciano's plans. He says, history doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. The, f- the fuck is he talking about? I have a theory. I want to see what you have to uh, say first.
0: You know, things are not exactly the same, but there are shades of the same thing happening all the time. Hmm. That's, that's what I took away from that. See, I th- feel like that this
1: is a recurring thing of the interference from New York. Atlantic City just can't be its own thing. You've always got going back to the Bronze and Silver Age Nucky. We see that a little bit, Mm -hmm. Uh, but also with the
0: Commodore, like the Commodore is
1: worried about the pressure from New York. And you had Joe the Boss, who was always trying to go down there and make Mm -hmm. trouble for Atlantic City. And now you got Luciano and Lansky, and uh, or Myers Lansky. Lansky, uh, That they're wanting to cause trouble for him as well. Mm -hmm. But he takes it as an omen. He needs to be on his toes because. He's got this – his brother got pinched uh, recently. He's got this uh, tax evasion thing or this whole tax thing, and he decides he wants to uh, up and move all of his operations back to Cicero in a day. I don't know what that does for him, though, because the whole point of this is a federal agency that has federal jurisdiction is going to be trying him. I don't know that
0: moving your stuff to Cicero helps out. So – I think this scene is meant to show how crazy he's actually getting. Mm. Uh, None of this is going to make a difference. But the agent is worried. Well, the agent has no reason to be worried, right? If he moves this shit over to Cicero, they still can get his books because the agent knows that all of his shit's going to Cicero. It's not like he can hide it from the guy he's telling to move it. So...
1: Maybe the thought is that Al himself would remain him here with his top lieutenants. But again, I don't know... One thing I'm ignorant about the Al Capone history is what case he was making that he made no money. He's staying in this penthouse. He's clearly spending tons of money. He's running soup kitchens and all this other stuff. How in the world does he have
0: no income? Sure, Uh, because he's not reporting any of it. But I don't know how it looks legit at all.
1: Like, I don't know that you – do you need the books? I mean, it seems like you show up and like, hey, you got $200,000 of cash here. The fuck? Where did this come from? They got, you know, Rumpelstiltskin spending gold, to, and if so, you, gotta <laughs> you got to pay taxes on it. Yep, yep. Any wealth generation. Did you know that that was a recent thing? I did research, and, like, I guess it was a law in 1926 was passed that illegitimate income must be declared. Before that, I guess the IRS didn't want your dirty money? Well,
0: no. Okay, so that's the absolute dumbest law I've ever heard of because you're not going to make – Illegal money and then say, hey, I made a bunch of illegal money. Here's the money for – here's my tax money for it.
1: Because then you're admitting
0: to making money illegally. How, how did you come by this money? But I think that's one
1: of, the, one of the ways they're getting at organized crime. It's another tool in their thing that, like, if you're generating income and you're not declaring it, then you're a tax cheat. But that's already – I, yeah, built I, I into don't, the tax law. I don't know why the, ta- uh, the law had to say that, yeah, you have to declare illegally gotten That's gains. That's the
0: dumbest thing.
1: Yeah. That's
0: like saying, you have to tell me if you're lying to me.
1: Right. Wait, well, no. No one's going to do that. Because <laughs> they're they lying still, to you. But yet they still have uh, perjury laws. So it's like sure. if, if you do lie... If you get and caught in it, yeah. It's like an extra double dumbass on you thing, kind of thing. Yeah, so. maybe
0: it was just punishment for all the bootleggers.
1: Yeah, because and even here, like... After everything that Al Capone's doing, they're going after, like, a five-year jail term.
0: It's nothing, and they laugh it off in this episode. Yeah, right? well,
1: <laughs> unfortunately, historically, it pretty much did Al like, Capone in. Like, I think in.
0: when Eli hears about it, he, he oh, just yeah. straight-up laughs no, about it's, it. No,
1: it's a great <laughs> scene.
0: <laughs> really, they're going after this guy on taxes when he has murdered people in the streets. Yeah. Uh, they
1: do mention Oni Madden, who is a real-life historical figure. He was a, a British gangster that came over. Uh, he was a bootlegger a boxing promoter. He owned the cotton club, which was a whites only entertainment club in Harlem, New York at the time. Oh, wow. Uh, but it catered to mostly black entertainers and it had like all the bigs of the day the Louis Armstrong's, the cab Calloway's, um, huh. uh, is Lena? No, not Lena Hetty. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not her. She's not that old. I've already fucked up the name, but there's the tons, tons of black acts went through there. But it was a whites only establishment in the middle of Harlem. Which yeah. I wonder how Narcisi, uh felt about that. Don't know. Let's move on. Uh, where Nucky's having a conversation with Archie about whether New York City is hot this time of year. And I, the thing that's hilarious about Archie is his understanding of English just kind of comes and goes. Sure. And I'm not sure if it's he doesn't understand Nucky or he's just never listening.
0: Uh, yeah, I feel like he uses it for his own convenience. Sure. Like, I just don't really want to engage with you right now, so I'm going to pretend like I didn't understand you.
1: Right. But he's, all, He's you know, at this point he's, like, looking out the windows. But he, I don't know, something was a little off with him. Uh, and something has seemed kind of off with him. Like, Margaret showing up yeah. punctured his cool somehow. hmm uh, still is able to do his job, as we'll later see. But uh, we see a Joe Harper, which we were introduced as, to as number nine two episodes ago. The The ninth, uh, the 16-year-old boy that uh, Mickey brought on board to uh, work the warehouses. Seems like he's come up in the world. He's much better dressed. He's moved up kind of to the inner circle. He's He's serving as a page for Mickey. He's helping mm-hmm. Nucky get dressed. And Nucky kind of does a double take on him. Yeah. Did you get the impression that this guy was doing a little bit of a Jimmy Darmondy impression? Because. And, no. And it's, I, I feel like, and I don't know if this is my pet theory that is kind of uh, running wild my imagination, but I got the clear impression that he was doing a little bit of a Jimmy
0: Darmondy. Maybe. or Or maybe the actor himself was doing that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really pick up on it, but you could be right. Which if if
1: again, if the the and it seems like this is the leading theory that number nine is uh Tommy, yeah. that would make perfect sense. But also I'm starting to wonder to what end. Because mm-hmm. one of my thoughts was that he was there for revenge. He's looking for answers for his father's death, for his adopted father's death, and he had some kind of revenge scheme in mind for Nucky it seems like he's in place to execute that if he wanted to
0: sure he's helping the man put on his coat in his closet yeah so, yeah for his dressing area a knife
1: through the ribs and it's all over
0: sure you might not want to do it with what's his name in the room yeah well, yeah i guess uh, if you want to survive his grandfather sure uh speaking of Archie. which this guy is like great he's a badass he uh-huh. can take care of the security needs of Nucky, but he is not helping him with the day-to-day stuff like Eddie did. No, he
1: is definitely not the 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 Eddie type. He falls down on his Eddie duties. Yeah, completely. But then again, Eddie wasn't uh, killing people and cutting their ears off either. No,
0: he was not. So it's a trade-off.
1: So it turns out that the visitor that Nucky's being summoned to receive at the old rumpus <laughs> is Chalky White. Hell yeah, it is. Came out of nowhere. Uh, they kind of pass the time talking about n- how Mickey has run this place into the ground. <laughs> uh, he mentions, uh, Chalky says, it's worse than my old juke, which was a old-timey slang for a road house, basically, a roadside bar hmm. offering liquor, dancing, and offering, offering gambling and prostitution. Okay. Uh, and we finally figure out how he eventually got pinched. He was caught robbing gas stations and stores. Of course, he's also wanted for... Uh,
0: the, the he wasn't Im- implicated in the the or what i don't think he was that was the prevailing theory right that he that somehow they pinned the murder of the federal agent on him but i don't think there was any evidence But when that for guy that. shows
1: up later to collect chalky he doesn't say we want him for robbing liquor stores and stuff he, he was wanted in conjunction he could just
0: be wanted for being a fugitive.
1: Yeah, but I thought he said something about in, in, involved in the death of a federal agent. Hmm. But I maybe. didn't have that actually listed in my notes. Or maybe I do. We'll have to get to that scene.
0: They did kill some prison guards on their way out. but I that's was super.
1: what it was. yeah. I
0: was super disappointed in how he actually went to prison. Like, yeah. he just got caught up in petty robberies that's, and got I feel like that's nicked.
1: consistent
0: with his character
1: at the end of last season. He man. was truly a man that was lost.
0: But he seemed like this mastermind criminal hmm. at one point, and now he's getting caught up in stupid robberies. That's a little disappointing, Chalky. What he wants to do
1: now is find Narcisse. And uh, yeah. Nucky's like, "Nah, you know, that's not good for either of us. Your family's moved to St. Louis. Maybe you should look that up. And he's like, what am I going to do? Just walk in and say, I'm back. I'm a wanted man. Yep. Uh, Nucky says, hey, you should stay here under my protection and start again. The dialogue in the show is just great. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, you know, we ain't schoolboys no more, and he's like, but we're not dead either, and there's a lot of, lot of road in between those two points. Yeah. Uh, He also makes a kind of ironic observation of when has Nucky been so positive? He says, "I've always been this way."
0: No, he hasn't. (laughs) Well, we know that's not true. You look
1: at you look at that uh, bronze and gold and silver age Nucky. He kind of did have a positivity to him.
0: Yeah, but if you look at season one, Nucky certainly he's. He has changed from season one, Nucky. And
1: I think that we're going to eventually get to the bottom of all the May velocity that, uh, that is probably yeah. at the root of this. Yeah, uh, but so he, go ahead.
0: Uh, I was I was going to ask what you make of this new friendship between these two guys. Do you think that is as strong as it looks in this scene?
1: I do. Um, okay. I was really concerned. Obviously, I don't want to see Nucky and Chalky fighting. Mm-hmm. I, that's not high on my list of season five things. I was hoping, but there again, I could see where Chalky would be upset about the whole, you know, Richard Harrow blowing his yeah. daughter's head off deal. But it seems like it's water under the bridge. What did you make of Chalky taking the money without much hesitation? Do you think he was genuinely moved by Nucky calling them friends? A little bit, yeah. Because last season, Nucky wasn't really
0: a stand you know really wanting to stand up for his guy it's true yeah um he's almost that was seven years ago right so it's like lots I, happened a lot has happened with both of these guys and i feel like nucky has changed a little bit mm-hmm. um and also chalky has changed and so he's more willing to accept him as a friend than he would have been like end of season four right for sure Next thing, we have another confusing
1: dreamlike scene of a yodeling record playing on a, you know, I guess he called that a Victrola or the sure. phonograph. Uh, there's lots of booze. There's some woman having sex. There's this man, a Walrus looking, a skinny Walrus looking man impassively <laughs> looking on everything. And suddenly uh, Eli's woken up by a knock on his door. Surprise. It's his wife, June. Surprise. She's seven months pregnant. Yep. Surprise. You left her at the train station. To figure out her own way to get get, (laughs) here. Because,
0: surprise, you fell asleep drunk and woke up (laughs) drunk with a bottle in your hand. Possibly. Uh, Maybe not a surprise.
1: (laughs) Possibly reeking of urine. Likely. Likely reeking reeking of of urine. urine. And it's, you kind of, I I feel like the guy, they really love each other. Even though they haven't seen each other a lot. It's been seven months since they've laid eyes on each other. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, that was that. that one re- rendezvous seven months ago was enough to establish the latest uh, piece of the Thompson family dynasty.
0: <laughs> sure, yeah. Child,
1: speaking of a child number nine, lots of number mm-hmm. nines. Uh, you know, the Ooh. alleged Tommy is a number nine. Joe Kennedy's talking about having number nine on the way. Eli's got number mm-hmm. nine on the way. Uh, is I mean, where do you go with that? It's an inverted six six six.
0: <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know i don't know hadn't even thought about it until
1: now is that a good sign for eli that he has got more in common with joe kennedy which we know is a survivor and a bad sign for nucky thompson who has no progeny of his own
0: yeah yeah i think
1: because uh, if, I, if i was to make a prediction before the season i'd say nucky is probably going to live and eli is probably going to finally get what he deserves not uh-huh. so sure now
0: yeah i think it My opinion of that all changed when Joe and him had that conversation in his office, and he was talking about what he wants to leave behind, and Joe was like, well, I've already got mine. I'm leaving it—I'm not even leaving it behind. I am actively participating in it with my kids, you know? Uh, I I felt like there at that point, Fortune kind of switched to the guy with the family a little bit.
1: This scene has me wondering what are the exact terms— Of Nucky's... Or Eli's exile.
0: So, okay. So we know that Nucky is paying one of them money.
1: Seems June. He's
0: getting getting an allowance. Because fuck Eli. At the end, he was basically ready to kill her. So, yeah. He's giving June an allowance. They are sneaking behind his back in order to see each other. Do you think that's true? Yeah. Because the way she says, like, if, if he knew or if he found out or whatever, or if she moved out there, he would stop sending the payments. Why? Again, what are the, what, what, I
1: get that him going out there took the heat off of the federal agent investigation and that he, mm-hmm. but, but what does, you know, it's been seven years. If they moved their family out there, it's, he is doing something of value to for Nucky. If nothing else, he's, he's helping out Capone, which helps out Nucky because they seem to be very close still. Like, Al yeah. really respects nucky's opinion even if it seems like it's coming from some kind of drunken prophecy yeah um an omen. of course he's also syphilis and cocaine addled in the brain but whatever yeah. he still feels loyal <laughs> towards nucky I, I just don't get exactly and and what it would mean if eli brings his family out here like i don't understand why nucky would not want that to happen is that a punishment who is he punishing is that? It's, I think it's a punishment for Eli. it like a fate. Like, I'm not going to have your blood on my hands because I promise Willie. Yeah. But I'm also going to put the screws to you in a way that will make you hurt worse than if I killed you.
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: But I'll still provide for your family so you don't have to worry. It's, it's an interesting little psychological cage he's got him in. Eli wants out. Now that he knows yeah. he's got another kid on the way and he's still got two young ones that need raised. He's got his own thing with Van Alden.
0: I don't know why June is so concerned about the money. I mean, come on! You're telling me the guy who works for Al Capone can't afford to take care of his family?
1: When he first, I think when he first came up there, it was pretty much as a uh, knock-around guy. He was assigned to report to Van sure, Alden, yeah. who we know was at the bottom floor of Capone's organization. He was a skull cracker yeah, true, and right? not he a very to, well respected one at that. He
0: had to build his own house, sure, because he didn't have the money to buy one. So, yeah, you're right. You're right.
1: Anyway, I just think it's interesting to see exactly trying to unpack what that deal
0: is. Also, there was probably a substantial downgrade to his his lifestyle mm. uh, once he got out from under the wing of Nucky. Sure, because Nucky makes a lot of money, and he makes the people around him his a lot lifestyle. Of money.
1: He's living in a flop house that he just boozes up every night. His family still yeah. has their nice house, propped think, up by Nucky. Yeah, sure, sure. Mm. Uh, they're not going to. They're, they're getting a home cooked meal. At the Mueller slash Van Alden, that's <laughs> not all they're getting, but yes. And and Eli can't, you know, because because uh, Miss Mueller, Mrs. Mueller, desperately, Secret, desperately wants to meet June, which I didn't hmm. at the time. You don't I, I know why. I thought it was going to be a funny situation because Van Alden's a funny guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No idea the danger that was going on here.
0: Sure. Well, it was surprising the the scene we're talking about with him. Uh, Kind of remembering, I guess, that he had this booze-induced fling with yeah. Van Alden's wife that came out of nowhere, and it was a little confusing. Well, like, we'll
1: get to that because I'm I'm not sure exactly. Okay, you're not there yet. No, no, no. All right. Uh, we go to the sanatorium where Jillian's being held, and uh the crazy lady who led the revolt against not being able to listen to the gentle listener or the good listener. Yep. Comes up wild-eyed with a piece of paper. She passes to Jillian and says, "You need to protect your fur." Sure. I I agree with that advice. You do. If you got a fur if you if you're gauche enough to have a fur coat in this day, you better yeah. better per, keep it in a bank vault or else some protester's gonna throw a bucket of red paint on it. Sure. Let alone the moths are just waiting to consume it.
0: Yeah, you need to maintain it well too. That's yeah. So <laughs> get, you see get a
1: brush. Uh as she's being taken away by the orderly, she's saying, Not my teeth, don't take my teeth.
0: <laughs> Nucky said that too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't have to worry. Those things are rooted <laughs> into the top of his skull. They're wound around his eye sockets all throughout. It's it would nothing will take those teeth. Nope. Nothing, not God himself. Devil himself
0: couldn't take. Those not teeth. a
1: black hole in his mouth could pull those things out of their sockets. Okay. Uh, Nucky's meeting with Torio, and uh, I feel I felt like when I was watching this in real time that Torio was very off. And not just really? because his wife wasn't there, um, although that was also an indication. Like, where is his wife? Why isn't she there for the meeting with Nucky? Is he scared? He seemed very addled. And uh, also, in retrospect, John has been pushing him to this retire concept. Because I feel like he likes yeah. Nucky, mm-hmm. but he's keep pushing his Man, you need to retire. You need to retire. Look at me. I'm living the life. I'm taking care of my tomatoes. Yep. I'm begging off my own funeral. You need to retire, because it, we find out he's he's working with uh, Luciano and and Lansky, Lansky the whole time. Yeah, Lansky, Lansky. God damn it, <laughs> Chucky, Chucky Lansky, right?
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: So we flash back to Silver Age Nucky, and uh, he's giving a report back to the sheriff, Sheriff Hammer, about the old biddy who is the jersey devil he's been she's been bedeviling Mr Mr Sheriff Lindsay for 20 years now uh they talk about Mabel and how Mrs Lindsay approves of her and Nucky's complaining about yeah but nothing's good enough for her old man he's wanting to take her to the oyster house which is a ritzy place to prove that he is an up and comer in this world and he can provide for his daughter
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh they get called into a private meeting in the uh uh commodore's house or the Commodore's uh, quarters. We meet, I forget what they name of the guy's lawyer, but he's the one of the massive white chops, the ancient uh Van Buren looking dude.
0: Yeah, he's the guy who's played by uh the uncle in Sopranos. Oh yeah. Uh well, he's not he's not played by him in this scene. He's played by him in older Commodore yeah, yeah. years right, right, right. in in present time. Yeah. Right. But uh, so this
1: guy Is is talking about that, uh, and we also see that um, shoot, I forget what this guy, this character's name, but he's the Mister Fifty Dollar Hat. Mister Fifty Dollar Hat uh, is down from New York City to squeeze out the Commodore on his investments. He's wanting to claim credit for what's not his. Mm -hmm. Do you? I feel like this guy has been part of a syndicate that's loaned the money for the expansion. And now he wants, like, a little bit of the payoff, and the Commodore has got amnesia about who helped who here. Is
0: that, do you think, accurate? It could be. I didn't really pick up on the exact plot there, (laughs) um, other than to say I think this is part of those shades of – or the the rhyming that you're talking about, like history rhymes. Yeah. Um, You know, New York is putting pressure on Atlantic City in both uh, eras.
1: More New York interference. Yeah. Uh, so they're talking about uh, he's not going to stand for it, and Nucky's back in the back smoking cigars. The sheriff is kind of, I don't know. He, it's not like an extraordinarily long time. It's not like the sheriff was just sitting there gaping like a landed fish on a pier. But Nucky just chimes up and says, we're going to need to deputize men, like 20, and uh, we'll put them at all the trains, put them out to all the hotels. If uh, we see some of these New York guys with their you know, heaters bulging out of their pockets, we'll send them on their way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that answer seems to impress everyone, including the hammer, which I thought maybe the hammer would be pissed.
0: Does it really, though? I well, get here's the, the feeling thing. that they're not giving him respect in this scene at
1: all. The, what, but do you... Okay, who isn't? The, the Commodore or Sheriff Lindsey?
0: All involved, honestly.
1: Because I don't know if you notice, uh, when you turn on the closed caption and they see... Because they next say they want to discuss some business and they get... Out of the room. Him. Yeah, yeah. he kind of lingers by the door and if, if you had your uh closed captions on you can hear that sheriff lindsey's kind of sticking up for him he's like look the guy seems the, the kid seems bright yeah he keeps his mouth shut mm-hmm. he's responsible and you know one of the things we wondered last episode is whether the commodore and him and sheriff lindsey had this elaborate uh good cop bad cop routine that they're trying to shape him into but I don't know now, because the Commodore calls him a moon calf, uh-huh. which I looked up, and it's another old-timey slang. A moon calf is a, basically a cow miscarriage when a, yeah. a, a cow fetus comes out as stillborn. And it's also a, a kind of a, a, um, a derogatory term for someone who is a fool or otherwise not bright or sharp. Yeah. And this is behind closed doors, so this is not a good cop, bad cop. This is his honest assessment of, of Silver Age Nucky. I just think the Commodore thinks he's an idiot.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you're right now that that you mentioned the uh the stuff with the closed caption. Um maybe we'll see Lindsay just, you know, retire or Man, some, something no something goes else. quietly Yeah, Jim. something else happened to him and Nucky will move into his place naturally because he's like the only guy to do it. I really and hope Commodore might kind of resent that. I really hope Nucky doesn't fuck
1: over the hammer. Because I really have taken a shine to the hammer of the last couple episodes. I know he's doing terrible stuff for the Commodore. I just can only imagine. However, that being said, I I feel like I really like him. And he's really done right by, by Nucky and his family. Sure. Definitely. Anyway, going to the Van Alden home... (laughs) <laughs> and uh there's just there's a kid playing a really shitty song on the recorder. Uh-huh. June is like a champ. she's the Jesse Pinkman in the awkward white family <laughs> dinner of this situation for sure she's just trying to smooth over all these things she's trying to be nice to everyone. she's trying to compliment the van Alden's weird ass kids <laughs> uh, uh Eli and uh, Nelson are having a private conversation and uh, he's like, look, you know, Al Capone's got his suspicions about me. Uh, he's going to squeeze you. You're going to fold. Eli gets pissed. And uh, Van Alden says, I'm not going to be ruled by fear. <laughs> and, and then just then secret says husband and he says coming dear uh i also i just again i thought this was really funny that uh eli hears that he stuck a gun in his mouth it's like well that's just poor leadership it's, yeah uh, you, when you contrast this versus what al capone was saying it just, it's just especially funny
0: yeah and we find out in this scene this is in fact the house that van alden built yeah no with it his own the damn hands i can't believe that
1: this is a pretty swanky swanky sears home i thought
0: Leave your roof be damned yeah uh
1: but i also thought it was interesting how they had so many callbacks to like season one for example uh nelson's oldest daughter she's dancing around and secret's kind of being a bitch this entire time and she mm-hmm. whispers in june's ear my real mom is dead she was a ballerina she's talking about lucy <laughs> who was okay. a dancer of a type um right. yeah but I just thought that was an interesting call. Uh, uh, callback. Uh, Secret just goes hard after Eli, saying you should come by to help fix the roof alone when my husband's out doing the rounds, so I could fuck you, basically. Pretty subtitled. much wasn't yep. even really subtitled. Um, and June is just reaching for a glass of water and you know talking about how choice the lasagna, how choice the green beans are at this at this point. Sure. We go to a meeting with Margaret. She's meeting with uh, the the uh, widow of Arnold Rothstein, Miss Rothstein. Uh, we get a firm date for this episode. It's four twenty three, nineteen thirty one. Which I gotta say, I don't have the most solid historical knowledge of, of gangster lore, mm. but it's kind of getting in the way of the enjoyment of my of, of the full enjoyment of this series because I yeah. just know there's certain things if I was completely ignorant of history there's certain things that just can't happen
0: Or things that have to happen. Or things that have to happen.
1: (laughs) And you're like, how in the world are they going to... And I always wonder this around this point for different reasons. mm -hmm. Uh, I always wonder around this point when it comes to Boardwalk. But I just keep wondering, this is really, really late in the game. How in the world are they going to come up with a satisfying conclusion with just three episodes to go? I don't know. Especially when you see how many revenge plots that Nucky has to check off for it to be a a a satisfying conclusion you know he's got the he's got to deal with Luciano's gang Uh he's got this Cuban fiasco that you'd think he would want something someone to answer for yeah uh you've got now this scene with Margaret uh where she's a, a total badass she stonewalls uh, Mrs. Rothstein's lawyer, yeah, I love this scene. Mrs. Rothstein eats it up because she sees that she's up against uh, the real deal. Uh, her former boss, or I guess current boss, is all got the vapors because he's working with criminals. And she assures him that my husband doesn't do anything out of kindness of heart to start set up an account, uh, and start shorting the stock of the Mayflower Grain Corp. Now, do you understand? Because I did a lot of reading on shorting stocks.
0: Do you I don't understand? know how it works, but I know the basic concept is to make money off of the loss in price of a stock.
1: Yeah, so you are... like a promissory notes or some weird thing that... So it's kind of like a reverse lease. You, you, you buy a stock mm-hmm. and then immediately sell it back to the broker at a contract. Okay? Um, and then... At a certain time, if the stock falls, you can call in uh, your 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 whatever this instrument is, the short short sale, mm-hmm. and you make a gain on the difference between because they have to buy it back at the contracted rate, and you make the yeah. profit based on you know what you what you shorted it on. It can go badly for you if the stock goes up because now sure. you have to contractually buy it Sell back, it for, and you just you have yeah, to,
0: you have to buy it or. They sell it to you for what it less than it's actually worth. What it's say. actually
1: worth. What it's actually worth? Which okay. is now higher, so you just lost money on the deal. Sure. Yeah. So this only way this the you short a stock is if you're reasonably certain that the stock is going to go down. The mm-hmm. ominous question is how is Nucky reasonably certain that the Mayflower Grain Corp. Now if you if you don't remember this was Uh, the one that uh, Joe Kennedy sat on the board of, and they made a big show of humiliating Nucky when he came asking for their partnership on the rum deal. Yeah. What is he going to
0: do to fuck with them to the extent that their price is going to take a hit? I have no idea. Is it going to be a... I can't even imagine a scenario where he could affect that.
1: Is it going to be a pure stock manipulation? Like he's he's going to depend on this stockbroker to manipulate the stocks? Is he going to burn a big grain field?
0: I mean... I I mean, can a stockbroker manipulate stocks? Like, what what does he do? Go tell people, oh, Mayflower's going down the shitter, you need to sell your stuff and get out? Yeah, or... He would have to know that the guy has a whole bunch of Mayflower, or at least is brokering Mayflower deals. You could
1: start a run on a stock by selling off a huge quantity, which makes other investors like, whoa, what the hell's going on with Mayflower? Sell. But these people would have to
0: have a whole bunch of Mayflower stock, or a whole... No... be brokering for a whole bunch of people who do own the stock. Sure. I mean, that's one thing. That's something we've never been privy to. But he could also just
1: directly fuck with their business in a gangster kind of way. That's true. He
0: could. So I'm wondering, like, does does he expect whatever deal he's setting up for his rum to eat into the stock of Mayflower once Joe and Mayflower go public? Is that what he's trying to do? Set it up to where not only does he own the rum business, but the rum business is going to do some damage to the whiskey business and Yeah,
1: I don't know because he talks about how he owns all these pipelines and ways to get liquor into the company. Yeah. And 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 maybe this is a maybe this is actually just going against Joe because Joe talks about some imported liquor that he's going to bring in to make money day one after prohibition ends and he mentions a uh I think he mentioned Jameson. I think he mentioned mm-hmm. uh, some type of uh, like champagne Hennessey or something. He had. which this stuff, Hennessy's not though. Hennessy's not no, a – no. Hennessy's brandy. It, but it's here in America, right? Or is it actually?
0: I don't know. He said, didn't he mention that he controlled some interest in Hennessy as well?
1: I think so, but but okay. if for for if if what my thought was going to work, and Nucky leans on the railroaders and shipyards and stuff to mm. to make a, a problem for Joe Kennedy. Uh, you know, on his imports specifically, I could see that because it seemed like Joe Kennedy wanted this import action as well so he could make money day one. But I
0: don't know how he does that from Atlantic City. Like, Atlantic City is not the place where... uh this shit's gonna come in, right? New maybe. York is a, has much bigger board He mentioned something about having City.
1: contacts up and down Eastern Seaboard, having railroads all from Florida. Yeah, but who to, owns
0: New York? New York is Luciano, and Torrio, and maybe all this stuff is related. But he's got clearly something up his sleeve. Maybe he plans on taking out Luciano. Um, this next scene, I've
1: I've rarely. Had a swing from total revulsion to total admiration of a character than I did for Mickey Doyle when he (laughs) is is, he's in full Doyle. He's watching a guy tune a piano. (laughs) I can't do. Uh, Yeah, I don't know how to do that. We we should have a uh, a a Mickey off,
0: a Doyle off, Doyle off. Oh, you can you can you can tune a piano, but you can't tune I a fish. I think it's I think it's more of like a Mickey, a Mickey Mouse off. <laughs>
1: oh guys. ha, 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 ha. Oh, I can hear you can tune a piano, but you sure can't tune a fish. Ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> in the middle of all this witty repartee, in walks federal agent looking for Chalky. He's a fugitive on the run. He killed a correctional officer. Uh... Mickey looking makes, for
0: a guy with a scar on his face.
1: Looking for a black gentleman with a scar on his face. Yep. And, and uh, Mickey makes a lot of really ra- racist observations before he then offers to take uh, the federal agent to his man. A uh, guy says, uh, Albert White dropped a knife and, and come to justice and turns around. It's a different black dude with a scar on his face. Yep. Super convenient. A federal agent leaves pissed. We find out that Chalky was just really in the same room just outside the door. Mm-hmm. and uh, Chalky gives a little nod of respect to, to Mickey for sending him a guy off in style, and I kind of really respected Mickey in that scene.
0: Nope. Nope. <laughs> no sale for nope. Jim
1: Jones? Still not on board with Doyle. You're, no. sh- you're still short the Doyle stock, huh? I <laughs> am. <Yeah. laughs> uh, the man slips on uh, soap and breaks his neck, and and Nucky's still a quarter million dollars richer. True. So I'm kind of high on that stock. <laughs> Yeah, um, so uh, we're, we're back in the Nelson house, the Full Nelson, and uh, there's mentioned uh, June's trying to salvage things, and she's conspiring to put on Rudy Valley, who, point of fact, was one of the first crooners, the one that established a crooner style that later Frank Sinatra and others will, uh, uh, you know make famous. And uh, the the Wikipedia article says he's arguably the first mass media-style pop star. Now, he played in audiences where they didn't have electrified, like, microphones and speaker houses. And I guess girls would scream the entire concert, and no one could hear him sing. And he had a megaphone, (laughs) and, like, the girls would soon, if they'd catch sight of his lips moving... In the circle of the megaphone. (laughs) Wow. I'm like, wow, this is... I don't get... I still to this day don't get the screaming at boy band concerts. Yeah, yeah. Like, shut the... If you
0: really fan... That shows it's not about the music, right? Yeah, it's more about the experience. But at the same time, like, I get why people like sing along with their favorite songs and stuff. That's the same thing. I don't mind the singing along because that's kind of like
1: you go to a concert, but if it's just nonstop three hours of shrieking. Yeah. Of like, you know, his ear, I just, I just don't get it. I don't get it. (laughs) I don't understand why that's a reaction that people have. I almost feel like it's a, it's not even a genuine reaction. Like someone has a genuine reaction of, of literally full body convulsing, fainting and shrieking at the sight of someone. That's not healthy. No, it's certainly not healthy, but I don't know how you
0: fake something like that either.
1: It's simple. You shake your body and (laughs) you 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 scream and you fall over.
0: over. And then you know (laughs) that
1: you're signaling to the other
0: females that you are the biggest fan of One Direction. Maybe not how, but why. So so that's it. The psychology of... Screaming at concerts is I I want to be the biggest fan.
1: I I, I think that's it. You're, you're, you know, that's why you're throwing panties. You just want to signal your complete sexual
0: availability. But at some point you got to break away from the pack, right? You have to stop being the person who is screaming in a sea of people who are screaming. You have to be the person. Just be jaded as hell. Who takes off your shirt. Or oh, the person who, yeah, whoa. is just standing there with the arms crossed. Yeah. The, the person who... Too cool for school. Decides to stick a megaphone to their ass and start farting at the <laughs> stage. I don't, whatever you want to do. So you're
1: saying if you really want to get laid by a boy band, you should be the goth girl. Yeah. That shows up and just yeah. kind of, you know, smokes in the aisle. Yeah, uh, I can get behind that. Uh, Maybe s- put your back to the stage. How about that? Ooh. Turn yeah. your back to it. There you yeah. go. Uh, that's going to be intriguing. <laughs> uh so, Agent Nelson, I can't believe I'm calling him Agent Nelson uh, <laughs> Mueller, Van Alden, whoever the hell he is. He's yep. not running anymore. He's tired of this bullshit. They're going to yeah. him and Eli are going to make their stand, and at the, they're kind of cleaning the table. Eli is taking some plates into the kitchen, and he walks through the door and he sees the king of Norway mm-hmm. and ruling with his mighty iron Ludafisk, and drops the plates. And he has this drunken reverie of. I guess my 20th century uh, sensibilities would say that Seagrid raped Eli. He was blackout drunk, yeah. had no yeah, knowledge yeah. or consent of the action. I don't think he wanted to fuck Seagrid. Nope. So, but this is going to land him in all kinds of trouble for all kinds of reasons. And she's like, oh, you remember now. And you can just the look on his face where he's like, oh, Jesus, I need yeah. to get my wife out of here. But she won't let him because you all lie. I'm going to tell the truth. Uh, Me and your husband, we make the fuck. We fucking, (laughs) fucking, fuck.
0: Um,
1: uh, June punches him in the gut, uh, knocks the wind out of him a little bit, Mm -hmm. and just when Nelson and Eli are kind of squaring off about this disrespect that's happened in the full Nelson house, uh, Agent D'Angelo shows up and arrests them both, addresses them as uh, Officer Nelson and Sheriff Thompson. Great scene. Blows
0: his cover, so... Yeah, you no. gotta you gotta assume that he is he's in uh, all the way now. Let's wait until we get to the
1: next scene because I've got some questions about that. I'm I'm kind of interested in how this thing's going to all go down. Okay, uh, we go back to the sanitarium, and we're introduced to the concept of Doctor Cotton, uh, the one woman who uh, was afraid about the, her furs is reintroduced to the scene. She's very complacent. She's drugged up. Uh, Jillian tries to offer her a butterscotch crumpet to make her feel better, and she's worried that there's no reaction. She's worried that they did something to her mouth, and she said no the sickness is someplace else and opens her gown to reveal just horrific Frankenstein scar over her entire upper thoracic, just below her ribcage area. Mm-hmm. So I did some research into Dr. Cotton, and Dr. Cotton was one of the first psychologists to advance uh, the all-psychology-is-biology argument— which is standard practice today. Okay. But he had um, some really odd theories. He and which maybe not even odd if you think about it in the science of the day, you know, because they knew back then that syphilis could turn you crazy. Syphilis was an infection. Uh, he was very fond of pulling his patients' teeth out because if you had bad dental care, you could get an infected root, and that's right by your brain. Maybe that's making you sick. So, like one of the first things he would do to mental patients is pull their teeth out. I don't know if you noticed the girl that was running around yelling blubber. Uh, they made it a point to show that she had no teeth.
0: Huh, okay. that's
1: one of the reasons that the good listener lady was worried about her pe- teeth being pulled. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the teeth failed to cure a patient, he would then look to remove tonsils uh, and adenoids, um, root around in their sinuses. he uh, removed remove uh, testicles, ovaries, gallbladders, stomachs, spleens, cervixes. And he especially is fond of removing colons because he would suspect them to be impacted full of shit. And I think that's what he sure. did to this woman because if you – I think that the, that the large intestine is kind of in that area.
0: Hmm, okay. and, and
1: I, th- I first – when I first saw I was like, oh, my god, he gave the woman a forced hysterectomy, which is already horrific. But I'm like, why the hell would you put the cut there? I think he took her colon out, man. Maybe so. Get Maybe this. So. The mortality – because of infection and all kinds of, you know, this is this is this is where yeah. I've got a little bit of the nick in my uh, boardwalk empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mortality rate on his surgeries was forty five percent.
0: Yeah, sounds about
1: right. Doing trying to cure these people, it's it's ridiculous. So, and the article I read on him pointed out that even the crazy patients were very skeptical about you know going under this guy's knife, and they would fight and they would. You know they they would scream and they tried to resist and they were just basically medically raped. It's, it is it is horrific and and they were right to, to, to fear that.
0: Sure, I, I think it. There's another scene in this episode with him and oh yeah, uh, what's her name, Jillian? Jillian that gets even darker as well because you know it, it's one thing. Granted, it's a horrible thing, mm-hmm. but it is one thing to do this. Um, to people in search of a cure for the obviously insane. Sure. It's a very different thing to do it when you are just empowered by it. Yeah. And, and you can declare someone insane. Sure. Because they can't prove that they're not insane. And that's the thing. That just twists it to a whole other
1: level. That That's the thing. This time, and I think that's one of the really interesting things, one of the few interesting things about the Nick, um, just from a plot level, is the tension between these people are doing things that are going to be modern science and mod- modern surgical advances. They're pioneering yeah. these techniques, but they just don't know enough about the stuff they do. If They never did took these steps. Yeah. Um, would we be where we are would,
0: today with the advances we have?
1: Right. But what's really tragic, particularly with Dr. Cotton, as I guess a lot of his associates uh, had a lot of evidence That these things weren't uh, effective. They deliberately hid how much mortality his patients were facing from him. When he testified, because he got uh, investigated by a board of health about this before he retired, and he thought – he estimated 20 percent of his patients were dying, which was way above acceptable norms. And it turns out that his assistants were hiding some information from him. So he was actually doing even worse than he thought he was doing. Huh. Um, Interesting. But some of these practices, especially removal of teeth and tonsils and stuff, are going on until the 50s from his dis- various disciples and stuff that carried on his wow. work. Yeah. Insane. Uh, anyway, uh, we go back to Silver Age Nucky, and we meet Mabel. We meet Silver Age Mabel, who is, speaking of the Nick, Miss Gallinger from the Nick. Uh, we find no. out Mabel's mm-hmm. a schoolteacher. Uh, her, her father is – how would you describe him? Gr- a gruff pushover?
0: He talks a big game. I don't know. Is he a pushover? We haven't seen enough of his game to know. Well, we know that she eventually
1: marries Nucky, since that is his widow. Uh, Or, wait, he's the widower of her. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So he didn't put his foot down there. He told her not to smoke on pain and being whipped, and she said, fuck you, old man, I'm smoking anyway. And he's like, that's what I expected. So it's – I do feel like there's a little bit of this – you know gr- a gruff pushover
0: yeah i'm well i don't know definitely when it comes to her right he's he's learned that she is strong-willed that she's gonna do whatever she wants regardless of what he says yeah so maybe you know it's more of her decision to go with nucky uh than it is his <laughs> right uh mr mabel i can't remember his
1: her her maiden name but mr mabel suggesting that uh nucky go to the Klondike. To get him far away from his daughter, and his daughter says, "Oh, there's nothing but rough men and bear grease out there," which would be a great uh, guy-on-guy porn title. <laughs> sure, rough men and bear grease. Yeah, uh, she sends for a pack of cigar- cigarettes and nucking him square off, and I felt like Nucky held his own. I thought so too, and yeah. he's also a little bit of the psychoanalysis of his opponent that Nucky's later famous for when he observes you know, very calmly, like, I know you don't respect me and you don't take me seriously because uh, we're opponents and we're fighting over the same thing and one of us has to lose. And spoiler alert, gotta be you. <laughs> um, and the guy says that you don't know what you are, which is something that is kind of a little bit of a theme. Yeah, it's uh, echoed with Jillian as y- well. Yeah, um, and, and also you can arguably say that Secret makes the same accusation that none of you honestly know who and what you are. Okay. Yep. But, so it's kind of like a theme of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's it. They just have this confrontation, and it kind of reaches a peak, and uh, Mabel
0: comes back and kind of diffuses things. I feel like it would have been smart for us to look up the king of Norway and see if he was known for anything in particular. Uh, maybe the who you, you don't know who you are sort of thing applies to him a little oh, bit. He's a pretender to but, the Norwegian throne? But Like, I just – I have no idea. I have no idea. I wish I had looked him up before the show, but. Ah, well. Because why is it that the king of Norway is the one triggering Eli's memories? Like, I get that he's looking at that picture while he's banging I don't understand
1: why. This is weird. I don't understand the problem you have with that scene. It seemed pretty clear that he's always had these kind of vague memories, these boozy memories, but it's like, now it's like deja vu. Oh, shit.
0: Yeah, no, it makes more sense in retrospect. But I just wish, like, I had known thematically anything about the king of Norway. Because titling an episode "King of Norway" says that it's a big deal, um, mm. and then having these other themes run through it maybe ties them together. But I'm well, maybe
1: certain. you can redeem yourself next week. <laughs> okay, we can only hope.
0: If it's called "The King of United States," I might know a little bit about that. But <laughs> George Washington, of course. Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, George Washington the first. Uh so- Carver, the peanut guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're back
1: to Golden Age, Nucky. Uh, they're waiting for Torio for John to show up. Uh, he's meeting with Marzano at a bar. Presumably this is seven thirty, and they said, fuck it. We're going to go on. And Marzano says, look, I appreciate, you know, what you're trying to tell me here. But I don't really I really need to deal with Italians because, you know, Roman law and Caesar and bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Even
0: and though Nucky pokes a thousand holes in that story. Like Caesar got stabbed in the back yeah. by the guys he trusted most. This Trust guy, doesn't work. Loyalty. This guy's an empty
1: suit, man. Yeah. He's a bunch yeah. of Marcus Aurelius pseudo intellectual spouting bullshit mm. who is getting out fought by his own fucking men. Uh but uh so in the middle of all this stuff, he's he's saying that you're Malta, you're loyal to Rome, but exempt from Roman law. It's like, but uh, John tells me you're a man who can can uh, knows how to repay a favor, which I'm wondering, where is this going? Uh, when out of nowhere. Archie comes and says, Abajo and shoves his uh, uh, boss to the ground and bullets his fly. Just, just, just obliterate this poor old barkeep.
0: Sure. D- destroys the top half of this bar.
1: And Nucky survives, Archie survives, and we do know that Marzano survives. So everyone of note, yeah,
0: the important everyone, people that
1: were supposed to be killed,
0: survived. Everyone under, like, four foot survives this. Like, gangsters need to learn to shoot lower, right? I get it that a Tommy gun is going to pull up it's, quite a bit, but start lower. Start I, lower. I also think that... That's the reason
1: cover exists. Like you're shooting where th- you think people might be, mm-hmm. but if they're low to the ground and you're trying to judge the angles, and you don't actually have a sight yeah. picture, I don't it's know. much harder to hit something that's low
0: like that. Yeah, the the profile is is less obvious. We
1: should go to Don's guns. Okay,
0: get a Tommy gun,
1: build a replica bar set, uh-huh. get some steel cutouts of Steve Buscemi and Archie, and because he has Tommy guns,
0: oh, God bless Don's yeah, guns. Of course, Don does. Yeah. He has
1: Tommy guns. You can rent by the hour. And, you know, we should spend a couple thousand dollars replicating that and hosing it down and put it on YouTube. Kickstarter. We get like three video hits, I'd pay for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> that's the, that's the $5,000 uh, Patreon level. We will recreate <laughs> with authentic Tommy Guns yep. uh, this scene. Said no one ever. Uh, we go back to Silver Age Nucky. He's shown up in quite late at the Hammer house because Mrs. Hammer is already in her nightgown. Mr. Hammer is starting to let his suspenders down. He might be planning to do some hammering of his own.
0: Oh God!
1: Uh, and Nucky says, "I I want to do these Commodore jobs. I want I want to help with you." And Lindsay says, "Again, Yuck, kid, that's not how it works. Go home. It's late. We'll talk about it another time." Also, looks disappointed or irritated with Nucky. What's up with that? Was he? Is this another Godfather deal where he wanted you know he wanted uh, bigger, better things for Nucky? I don't know. For Enoch? I, I really don't know. I don't get it either, because he clearly likes the kid. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that uh, the theory that was advanced last week, that maybe Nucky considers this guy more of a father figure than his own father, is, yeah. and, and I feel like it's kind of a two-way street. But also, you know, he's... Uh, what is going on in the cognitive dissonance dissonance of a man who's doing dirty deeds... And and clearly has no problem thinking he's a decent guy because he's got this awesome family life, but doesn't want it to bring on this this little pipsqueak mm-hmm. into the same type of deal. Uh, do what I do, do what I say, not what I do, kind of thing.
0: Sure, yeah. All right, uh, you can. He's trying to hide those facts from Nucky as well, right? He doesn't want him to know what deeds he's actually doing. Well, it
1: depends on how much of this Jillian type stuff is going on. Cause I could, I, I just, that's the one thing I can't see the hammer helping this guy rape children. He, yeah. he seems like too much. I can definitely see him yeah, killing yeah. dudes because that's, I mean, have, people have been rationalizing that since the, begin, the dawn of time, but I, I don't know. Maybe sure. I'm being naive. I just feel like the hammer is not a part of that particular piece of business. Yeah. I feel and maybe way. that's how Nucky gets ahead. That he is willing oh. to go down and 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 do and get a little slimy into sewers of. Uh, oh, I thought maybe he was going to
0: use that info to blackmail his way in. Oh no, I was thinking the that he's tower. actually
1: going to be complicit in helping him because we Ooh. know he is. We know that you know that he's he feels his own guilt for uh, his role in bringing Jillian to his bed chambers. Okay, I don't know. Eh. Uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of uh, gross stuff ahead for in, in that particular <laughs> plot line. We go to Dr. Cotton, he's meeting with Jillian. Jillian's saying, hey, I'm all cured, not crazy no more, one out of this loony bin. Doc says prove it, and basically. I, I hate Jillian enough that I was kind of like, yeah, right on, Doc. You call, you call a bunch of malarkey on that temporary insanity to shit. Mm-hmm. But after reading this about Dr. Cotton and seeing this horrific stuff, I'm also like, this... When he's talking about rooting out the crazy inside you that we'll
0: find out what's inside you, we'll fix it. Yeah. That's bad news for Jillian. Super bad news. I think Jillian's going to end up crazy herself. I mean, we see her. She already I, – I think she is crazy. She's just not as barking mad,
1: blubber screaming, teeth pulled yeah. out crazy as these women are.
0: I think she's traveling down that road. I think, like, we look at her when she's sitting in the chair and there's all this chaos going on around her in the sanitarium. Can you imagine putting up with that? It would drive you crazy. And I think that's what we're seeing is her being driven mad inside this madhouse by both the inmates and also Dr. Cotton himself, who is going to... Like, she's now stuck in this situation where she's forced to prove that she is sane but but you can't do that. You literally, there's no way to do that. So, like, the question that she asked Dr. Cotton when he says, uh, how do you know who you are? Mm-hmm. She throws it right back at him, and you can see that that gets to him. Does you it? can see that he, I think so.
1: I interpret it as that he he's just like, it's like dealing with a child. You know, it's like, you got to go to bed. Well, why do you get to stay up?
0: But because. it is a super relevant question. Sure, sure. If you're questioning how I know who I am, have you even questioned how you know who you are?
1: Yeah. No, good point. And,
0: and, and it's a question that if he's an intelligent man, he certainly can't ignore. Mm. Um, but he he shoos sh- 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 it to the side. Because he just knows.
1: Sure. For one thing, I've never killed anyone except for all the patients under my knife. Exactly. I've been doing bizarre medical experiments that have no real basis in scientific thought.
0: Yeah, and when you know Other more than about that, Dr. Cotton, that question becomes even more relevant. He does seem a little insane, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, you Nazi scientist insane. But I think this is heading down the road where she's going to be driven mad by the, insan- the insane asylum. She's going to be driven mad by Dr. Cotton. And by the end of it, she's going to be the blubbering lady with no teeth. And- Could be. That would be
1: striking. Because the other thing is you you get the feeling that Jillian has a lot of her self-image wrapped up in her attractiveness. Uh, sure. She ends up being like, you know horrifically scarred and losing her teeth, I could definitely see that that, is a, that could be a cause and effect right there of her completely yeah. to Because I think she is, she's certainly got a case of arrested development. She certainly has yeah. certain inappropriate sexual fantasies about her son, <laughs> uh, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's a little bit of a sociopath, but I don't mm-hmm. know that
0: she's crazy. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have necessarily called N- her crazy. Not barking dog crazy. Yeah but but you can see it in her smile too in this scene oh, she yeah. is trying desperately to hold that smile and to act completely normal
1: no it's but it's not working this stuff man drives it's it's i don't i i when people describe what it's like to be claustrophobic in an enclosed space that's how i feel when i watch a scene of a sane person in a crazy huh. situation uh-huh. and last season i think homeland did really good work uh, with a particular plot of Carrie involving that, and I just, like, want to fucking climb out the walls because I can imagine being in that situation, you're right, it's a total catch-22. Yeah. You've been committed, you're a sane person, <laughs> you're surrounded by this craziness, and no one will believe you. Yeah. It's, and then if
0: it eventually does
1: drive you mad, that's even worse. Oh, Jesus. Um, Before <laughs> I throw up, let's move on <laughs> okay. to Eli and Nelson, who are in an interrogation room at the Treasury office, presumably in Chicago, and nelson's just staring him down Mm -hmm. and eli's like knocking off he's like oh am i making you uncomfortable (laughs) and there's this hilarious delivery of he's like look the incident that you're thinking of it was just an accident and van houten's like oh like a streetcar hitting a horse like a man getting his head crushed in a metal press that kind (laughs) of accident and eli goes look man My life is a shipwreck. (laughs) Nelson goes, land ho. (laughs) Uh, About this time, uh, they share a drink, and uh, because, you know, alcohol, source of and solution to all of life's problems, as Homer said. Sure. Uh, D'Angelo comes in and says, in the the road, gentlemen, you can cooperate with us or see the gas chamber. Uh, Eli has a good, good long laugh about Al Capone being brought down by tax evasion. Uh, and he's like, oh, that's that. no joke. Not with all the penalties and interest, <laughs> <You're> right? <laughs> uh awesome. But uh, they got to prove this income, and he gives them the key to the counter room, combination to the safe. We need those ledger books. Uh, and uh, Nelson observes that we're expendable, and uh, they're sending us in there. Uh, they also mention that uh, the books are coded, and D'Angelo says, well, we got this Fred Reese guy, who I did research on, a real-life guy, and this is exactly how the FBI or uh, the, the Treasury's uh, department brought him down, that they found out he was a germaphobe and a, and a uh, bugaphobe, and they rigged up a cell to be loaded with mites and cockroaches and lice and mm. rats, and they kept him in there for five days until he agreed to cooperate,
0: hmm.
1: which is another kind of— Torture. Yes, it certainly is. It's another (laughs) – it's like you can draw parallels to Jillian's situation here. Yeah, sure. Um, I – it's – I – you know, that probably wouldn't stand
0: in in modern-day society. And potentially you could draw parallels to the king of Norway, but I don't know. (laughs) I don't know because I didn't do the research. Hated cockroaches,
1: the king of Norway. (laughs) Yeah. Never seen one before. It's just too cold. Uh, Lucky and Myers are at John's house. Uh, Turns out they've been working in league all around, all along. And John can already see, like you fuckers, you've you've, like they're putting a brave face on it. Like, eh, maybe you died, maybe you didn't. And uh, John says, "You sons of bitches are giving me too many forty-degree days." What the fuck? When Nucky calls and says, "I will not rest until I see you both in your graves." Fairly badass Steve Buscemi scene. Yep,
0: loved it. Anything more to say? Not that I really can say without getting too spoilery here.
1: Okay. Moving back to Silver Age. Nucky, he's summoned by the Jersey Devil again beneath the piers. And she's saying, you can hear the souls at night. I just think people are fucking under the boardwalk.
0: Yeah. No, definitely. That's
1: that's, definitely. that's what I'm getting. Uh, but turns out there is. Uh, the, the New York hustler, Mr. $50 Hat, has been washed up. And uh, apparently he got hammered. No more problems from New York City. Yeah, no,
0: that's, uh, that's how they take care of it. Uh,
1: which, is that kind of informative for Nucky's thought process for the new New York interference?
0: Yeah, I guess he would make that connection, right? Right. Uh,
1: Nucky calls down. Apparently he's been trying to get a hold of Cuba Cuba for a, a while. Finally founds out uh, from the uh, Bacardi executive that Miss Wheat was detained and shot. And he says, I want names. I don't care how much they cost. He said, there are no names. No one will be called to account. And Nucky hangs up the phone, and we're left with the distinct impression, at least I was, that somebody's going to be held to account by God. Maybe this Bacardi guy, starting with this Bacardi
0: guy. Could be. So. I just wondered, does this change Nucky's plans for Mayflower at all? Right? Because this Bacardi thing's looking shaky as hell. Super shaky. Uh, between the revolution in Cuba and him losing all of his contacts there. It's and like, also,
1: he goes, he's going to go down there with Archie and take on Mr. Roney, who is surrounded by... Uh, are the national police working for him, working against him? I I don't know.
0: Yeah, at this point, I'm not sure. Uh,
1: he hasn't taken off to France, though, so I suppose that's something. Mm-hmm. We then uh, are informed that we're in Harlem, New York. Chalky, somehow, even though Eli is not... Or not Eli, Nucky, has not helped him out one bit... Uh, has tracked down Narcissi to his whorehouse in Harlem. He's visiting that. The guy gives him a very ineffective pat-down because of all the ruckus that's been going on of late. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sneaks into Dr. Narcissi's office, and he finds Daughter. Uh, What's her name? Daughter Mate? Daughter Mate-wise? Which daughter? There there are a couple of daughters. This is just- The daughter that he fucked last year, who I think... As now has a daughter. There's a daughter's daughter. There's
0: daughter of a daughter. Yes. Uh. Yeah. I. I. I don't know. I don't know really what's going on here, other than I'm surprised to see you, Dad. Dad, what the hell are you talking about? This Chalky's daughter, right? No,
1: <laughs> daughter. The very attractive black singer is Her not name is Nucky's daughter. daughter. Her that's name right. is Daughter. I don't think she's Narcissi's oh my God, this daughter. This is so confusing. But I do think Daughter's daughter is Lucky's, is Ch- Chalky's daughter. Chalky's daughter. Oh, geez. Yes. Don't okay. get me on this Chucky Chalky crap again. <laughs> no. This is not Chucky's daughter. It's Chalky's daughter, I think.
0: Yeah. Okay, you're right. <sighs>
1: uh, and that's Fade to Black. Yeah. Fade to Title. Uh, I thought it was a great episode. It seemed like you did too. Mm-hmm. I really, again, struggling to see how in the world all this is going to come together, uh, for the final three episodes, but they usually pull it off. Do we want to have a spoiler section? Because I've got a lot of questions about the preview for next week.
0: Uh, I suppose, yeah, we could do a short one. Okay. because I so, want to talk about the, the New York war a little bit. Too. All right. So
1: we'll do that after the feedback, after the song,
0: we'll talk about a
1: little bit of that. Uh before getting the feedback, let's do a little bit of pimping. Uh we've got so much new stuff going on right now, Jim. We got the boys from Personal Arrogance are handling Gotham for us. Which so is which has been uh, <laughs> a little bit of good, a little bit of bad, but it's uh maintaining watchability, entertaining. I think they're doing a great, great job on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh they're very funny. Of course, they're really good friends of mine. I might be biased. Cecily and I are returning to the airwaves this week. We'll have a, fr- a podcast out on Friday because Wednesday night, American horror story. Season 4 Freak Show is out, and uh, we already had a preview cast. We got the feed going. I know you don't know anything about the series. Don't don't
0: care. Trust
1: (laughs) us. It's in good hands. I hope you guys are uh, follow us along. You can find that on iTunes already or on baldmove.com. Walking Dead's coming back.
0: Yeah, there
1: we go. uh, The uh, episode for the preview cast just dropped today, and in fact, we've gone Walking Dead wild. Mm Mm-hmm. We which means we got our tits out and we're going woo and filming naked scenes of ourselves. No, actually, I've we,
0: got my back to the stage. You got your
1: back yeah. to the stage. that means I want you even more.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: Uh, face the music, Jim. Yeah, I just turn around and put on a wig. <laughs> Address the microphone. Uh, we got the month of the dead, which means we've got content relevant to Walking Dead coming out damn near every day. We've got walk, uh, playthroughs of The Walking Dead on Wednesday or Monday nights, uh, Telltale's Walking Dead Season 2 that just dropped on PlayStation 4 and, and X Bone. Uh-huh. So get that while it's hot. Uh, Tuesday, of course, is the full podcast where we'll be talking about your uh, f- uh, feedback and what our thoughts on the episode. Wednesday is a bald movie production where Jim is going to be with an all star cast of Walking Dead podcasters breaking down all the Ramiro of the Dead series. I am part of that all star. I got I got an ex- a bald move exemption. I'm part of that uh, all star <laughs> cast. Uh, then uh, we'll have the American Horror Stories on released on Friday. Also on Friday we got a double header on uh, on some weeks for the movies because we had six movies to get out in four weeks, so we're doubling up on that. Uh, also, I released a book uh, on The Walking Dead season one. It's kind of my a blend of a, uh, a episode episode guide and review plus my survival guides that I wrote. Check it all out on uh, baldmove.com or follow us on facebook.com slash baldmove or Twitter at baldmove to keep up with all that stuff. Thank you for supporting our Patreon drive. We just uh, crossed a $300 mark. When we get to $500, we unlock forums. Really excited. We're going to have fan forums. Uh, We'll have a more robust area where you can discuss. You can start your own topics. If we're not covering something and you want to discuss it with us uh, or your fellow fans, you can do it yourself. We're going to have a lot of really cool features. Uh, over halfway there, only two weeks into this. We're pretty excited about that. Uh, com slash move is still up and running. Uh, you can uh, find out uh, how to commission your own custom podcasts and other custom content opportunities there. You can support us through amazon.baldmove.com. So many ways. Go to support.baldmove.com to see all the ways you can support us. Some that don't cost a thing. Rate and reviews on iTunes, for example. Yep. Quick and easy way to help us uh, uh, grow the network. And we appreciate... Of course, everything that you guys do, uh, eternally grateful for uh, where we're at, and it's all because of your support. So again, thank you. Now, let's get to some feedback. Philip Z starts us off uh, on Facebook, said, Van Alden doesn't get to be Elliot Ness, but he does get a chance to help Elliot Ness. He doesn't get to be an untouchable, but his status as expendable comes in handy. Two former lawmen getting a chance at redemption. They could almost build an entire series or a buddy cop gangster movie around these two characters. Mm-hmm. Jim, would you watch that spinoff? Sure.
0: Definitely. I would, at too. At least the first few episodes.
1: It's too bad Winter and Scorsese are hell bent on making a Rolling Stones 70s series? rocker f- series, yeah. I will probably watch that because it's an HBO pedigree, but I do not imagine I'm interested in that. Because I'm immune to really? 70s rock. I don't give a shit about the Rolling Stones. I don't give Zeppelin? a shit about Led Zeppelin. Oh, I don't give a shit about uh, okay. Pink Floyd. There, I like uh, occasional songs, yeah, but yeah, I'm not yeah. the kind of guy to get high, turn on a black light, and listen to Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, I am. Like, you know, the, every <laughs> once in a while, Immigrant Song will hit me. Yeah. Uh, I like the Black Song. I mean, there's some stuff, but my, I just, I, that's, a, that's definitely a colorblindness and the awesome pop culture spectrum that I
0: have. Hmm. Okay. I'm a big fan of uh, classic rock, and I think if it's done right, if you kind of show the seedy underbelly of it, it could be a cool HBO series. Yeah, the underbelly is pretty seedy in places. It is. It is, especially over there uh, across the pond True. around that time. And swinging, swinging London. Yeah.
1: Uh, question. Does Van Alden and Eli make this out of live? Do they both make it out? Do neither of them make it out? Hmm. What's your odds on that?
0: Oh wow. Uh I don't think Eli makes that alive. I think Eli is too far gone, and now that he's fucked the wife of his partner and like Could he talk his way out of that? No, no. I don't think anybody can talk their way out of anything with Van Alden. Right? I'm not talking like about Van what?
1: Alden. I don't think Van Alden will kill Eli. I don't believe that. And I mean he's he's had his shots before. I, I don't think that'll happen. I'm talking about with his wife. Because that's the thing. Oh, oh. If yeah, Eli's yeah. family life has been destroyed, that is his life. And he might exactly. as well die. Yeah. And I just I, I don't know. I mean, that's really muddied the waters because if June doesn't take him back, because she thinks, and again, like, you know, in my mind, Eli got raped. Yeah. He yeah. wasn't out looking for this.
0: No, certainly not. I, this is not something took, he took wanted. took advantage of him. Um, yeah, I, I I don't see a good end for Eli in this. Right on. Um, Dave S. says, is Capone scar supposed to look
1: like something snatched from the clearance rack at the local Spirit Halloween Superstore? The prosthetic mm. on his left side of his face is about two shades lighter than the rest of his face. Page and Greg Nicotero, to which Stacy H replied, they mentioned one of the behind-the-scenes videos that Capone put makeup on his scars around this time. That's probably why it looks off. Oh. I thought that was pretty interesting because I did notice that it did look a little off, mm-hmm. but it kind of fits his character. If he's like getting into the Hollywood and maybe he's, you know, wanting to be a little bit prettier. And, you know, making that up so it's less noticeable, but he's also
0: a, you know, coked-up mobster who doesn't know exactly how to put on makeup. Yeah, I feel like that's a mistake, though, because, like, it, it makes perfect sense within the world, and I think it's a fantastic attention to detail sort of thing. Sure. But for Al Capone, as a guy who is defined by the scars on his face... Scarface. Scarface. Steve Buscemi doesn't go in and put makeup around his eyes and try, like, all these prosthetics and stuff, because he's fucking Steve Buscemi. What could you do? Like, a Mission Impossible-style mask? (laughs) Basically, yeah. But he's not trying to do any of that, right? Yeah. That's his defining feature. That is what he is known for.
1: Yeah. Like, Greg Nicotero can make your eyes bulge. I don't think he can remove eye bulge.
0: (laughs) Well, you build up everything else around the eye. <laughs> he looks like the like the Dick Tracy character, big face or whatever. Yeah, yep,
1: pretty much. Sure, distract from the bulging eyes by making his head just huge. <laughs> uh, Oscar A had a little long form feedback for us. Said the actor who plays young but not too young Nucky, uh, Silver Age Nucky,
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, floored me immediately with the opening on how much like Steve Buscemi he seemed to look in, man- in looks and mannerisms. Yeah, I missed the lad's name, but this and Child Nucky have been some of the best casting of an existing character in the history of TV. I uh, totally agree. I think uh, Mark Pickering really knocked it out of the block. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, as far as the other child actor, um, Nolan Lyons, again, I'm super impressed when I see young actors doing excellent work. And I think a lot of it has to do with the writing and directing, but they really, really did the time and made it pay off. Um, what are your thoughts on what's going on through Chalky's mind when meeting with Nucky? His pride has been quelled a bit during prison. I think his motive is revenge, but I also think accepting that money was a combination of pain, desperation, and you owe me anyway feelings.
0: Hmm. What do you think, Jim? No, I look it more as... Camaraderie? I, I'll I'll be your friend now. Like, shit's so far in the past for us. We don't have that much further to go. Let's put this shit behind us and, and join up. What's
1: Chalky trying to do with Daughter? Well, uh, first of all, he was completely gobsmacked when he found
0: her there. Yeah, I think he's going in to find Narcisse, right? How did she He get wants back, to kill Narcisse. How did she get back involved with this dude? I don't know. Kind of shocked. I,
1: I, I would love to know yeah. what machinations took place to bring her back into his orbit.
0: We might find out more next episode, I'm hoping.
1: Yeah, because that's kind of the other thing that annoys me. It's like, God damn, if, if this is really Tommy, if number nine is Tommy Darmondy and he's coming back to get sucked into the Atlantic City underworld, then Richard Harrow arguably died for nothing.
0: <laughs> if yeah.
1: Chalky's uh, daughter dies and daughter doesn't get to go get out from underneath this abusive uh, guy's thumb, then that all happened for nothing. And I mean, that's kind of the way Boardwalk goes. But God damn, can you take it easy on us as a viewer? Just once. Nope. Can't do it. (sighs) Oscar continues. Uh, It's fitting that in a horror season, there's a scene in this episode where the doctor, someone in full power over someone, can fully believe that insanity is embedded in one's body waiting to be cut out. It was a chilly moment that crept up in an unexpected way for me. Fully agree. Which revenge plot will Nucky focus on, do you think? Cuba or Luciano? Hmm. Or, I'll interject, Mayflower Grain. I'm leaning towards Cuba because seeing the original Miss Thompson via flashbacks maybe signifies that Nucky will avenge Sally, his lover and partner in crime, or maybe it means the exact opposite.
0: I have spoiler knowledge from the preview for next week, so I'm not going to say much about this. Oh. Other than he I saw the same wants, preview and I got him, my mind's blown about that, but okay. He probably wants to do all three.
1: Yes. At yeah. this point. Okay, I'll buy that. I think he's going to pursue all of them. All right. Okay. That's all we got. If you'd like to send us some feedback, you can do so at boardwalk com. Also on facebook.com slash baldmove, where we have the live show watches on Sunday nights and the podcast threads where we can interact with me. And as soon as we get that up over the $500 mark on Patreon, we'll have the forums where uh, we can get really hot and heavy with the uh, interaction and feedback. So look forward to that. We've got a little bit of spoilers after the musical break. Uh, do you got sure anything did. else, Jim?
0: nope i think that's it we'll be back for you know the first of the final three episodes yep next week yep and, and uh, until then do you have something else no i was go for Were it you man gonna steal my line no nah, snatch
1: one? snatch the outro from me and until then i'm jim and i'm aaron see ya.
0: the spoiler section before
1: i start because i don't want you spoiling me uh and then we've kind of danced around each other's knowledge of historical fact
0: i don't have that much knowledge okay the only thing i know for a fact is that luciano survives yep meyer lansky survives yep do i i don't know that i know if torio survives i thought that he dies of old
1: age not of gunfire but i'm i'm not certain about that either Well, then he survives. And and the real life uh, Enoch Thompson that was based on, I mean, he's not like Enoch Thompson, his name was something else. I think Mm -hmm. it was Enoch Johnson, uh, survives and dies of old age. However, um, one of the things Winters has played coy about is they deliberately changed his name so they could take dramatic license with where he ends up. So that could mean that he's going to live or could mean he's going to die. I mean, you could go and kind of tie yourself in knots about what to
0: take away (laughs) from that. But the one thing we do know is that his war on New York is not going to end in any of those people's deaths. And we also know that
1: this is about the time that Capone gets put away Yeah. Uh, for tax evasion. We also know that Joe Kennedy does not lose his fortune or s- die or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So what are we... The, the, to me, this tells me that the stakes of of Nucky's fate is going to lie entirely within his family situation. It's going to be about number nine. It's going to be about Willie. It's going to be about Eli and his family Hmm. because that's the only reigns that Winters has control over to make this. It's going to be maybe about Cuba. Yeah.
0: Yeah, So the Cuban thing, like I was saying from the spoilers, I think it looks like he takes Nucky takes uh, his right-hand man there and goes back to Cuba to try and sort shit out um he ends up with a woman who looks like it might be in my mind sweet's daughter you say daughter i think sister
1: she's very buxom some people on i don't think she looks old enough some people on reddit are saying that that's actually lucy from the season one floozy there's no fucking way Hmm. why wouldn't they just use the same actress
0: i don't remember who that is
1: it's the his uh, flapper girl he is a very... He's got
0: so many of them, though,
1: doesn't he? Yeah, but this one was—I don't know. She made oh, an impression. Oh, you're talking about the redhead. Me. Was she redhead? She popped out of his cake in the first episode. Yeah,
0: yeah. She's a redhead. And yeah,
1: and she's she's lithe, and she's not at all like a Miss Wheat build. Like Miss Wheat build is a brick house. Yeah, but she's more of a
0: gazelle type. Uh, Margaret really did a number on her psychologically by you the think, end of that. Yeah, I and, think it might have driven her to. Uh, Bulk up, (laughs) that to that extent. Bulk up, yeah. Bulk up is the the correct term.
1: Maybe Uh, I I think that's stupid. I think she's definitely a relation to Miss Wheat. I I think so too. Or it could just be some rando. I what I'm worried about is this next episode from the previews looks like a fuck off episode.
0: No, it looks. Look at Chalky. Look at Chalky going around killing people, assassinating people. I see some black
1: dudes shooting guns. I don't. I don't know if they're Narcissi's guys. I don't know if they're Chalky's guys. Or no way they're Chalky's guys. But that,
0: but, but that tells you that your shit's going to go down. It's not a fuck off episode. Go down in
1: Harlem. But the other thing is, um, Narcissi's pissed at Luciano. Like it could uh-huh. just be that. I think it could be a misdirection. That that's actually about revenge for the whorehouse hit and the lack of him honoring Joe the Boss's heroin deal. Than it is anything to do with Chalky.
0: I don't know. So here's the thing. We know. Nucky's I got- think for a fact that Chalky and Narcisse come face-to-face Yes, next episode. That I is think-
1: definitely looks like a thing.
0: Yeah, so if Chalky is in fact there to kill him, why wouldn't he kill him? Would it be because daughter is there? Daughter and daughter of daughter are there? <laughs> Daughter's daughter? Granddaughter,
1: uh-huh. as uh, uh, Andrew T. said, granddaughter? Um, I, that's a good question. I don't know. So do you think Narcisse is going to end up dead by the
0: end of next episode?
1: No, not by the end of the next episode. Okay. I think he will die at the end of the season.
0: Hmm. Uh, so, you think everyone's like going to die at the end of the I, season?
1: I, I honestly, I feel like Chalky, uh, everyone who doesn't have a reason for living anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's Chalky, that's potentially Eli, uh, you know, Narcisse, obviously, as the villain. Um, you know, we know the people who can't die. Yeah. Uh, Jillian. I don't know where that's going to pay off. I did read... Oh, Starkraving Matt. So, so there is... Um, removed. You know, like those one-paragraph synopsis you get in, like, the cable TV guide, those were released on the internet. Yeah, the, Those we, got leaked out. I don't really want to, because I actually read to. them, and they didn't really... Okay. They're not exactly Matt Wiener-type yeah. uh, cryptograms, but they don't really tell you a lot about what's going on, especially the finale one. I'm like, how the hell are they going to? But then again they're not big on putting spoilers in the description. So, if you guys want to read that, there I'll put a link through them in the show notes. I would not recommend it. Yeah. Just go, I mean, if 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 you don't know what's going on historically, just roll with it. Um, but I'm just curious about where this thing's going to end up with Margaret. I mean, maybe Nucky and Margaret end up together?
0: Could be. She seemed a lot more like in this episode she knew where she was, right? Like she said uh the 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 She's, widow was like you are where you belong or something. And she says, perhaps I am. Yeah, no, she
1: seemed like she's become the kind of dame that Nucky, that, man, I'm trying to put, put this. Cause I always want to compare it to Skylar and Heisenberg, but the deal yeah. with there is that, you know, Heisenberg, which is a lot more manipulative and exploitative than, than Nucky was, um, sure. an equal partner in crime. Yeah. And maybe someone that he could share his golden years with. Uh-huh. It just doesn't feel like that's good, the the, <laughs> the exit he's going to have. Nope, it doesn't. But I don't know. Uh, anything else we want to talk about the... No, that's it. Uh, spoiler section. All right, well, it uh, again, I'm worried about it kind of being a setup episode, which I don't feel like they got time for three more. No, they got to knock shit down. <sighs> well, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we may- maybe the big reveal will be uh, Capone finally passing a turd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that was a definite cliffhanger. I'm on pins and needles on that. Sure. On that porcelain throne. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get out of here before the podcast evolves further. All right, see you guys later. See ya.